Welcome to This Guy's Sick. I am Sam Valentine, the host of This Guy's Sick, and I'm being joined by This Is Lost himself, John McMahon. What's happening, people? What up? It's been a while since we've been able to jump on together and do a little a little square posting episode together. Yeah, it has been a while. We haven't... Uh, I don't know if this is going to be... What, is it going to be a square posting? Is it going to be a crossover? This Guy Are Sick, This Is Lost... It could be because we've both have got this in the name. This is sick, yeah. Yeah, that, that makes sense, right? So we would, we'll do something like that. Um, yeah, and today we're going to talk about um, Final Fantasy VII Part Two and everything that could be coming with that because there's not been a lot of news. I'm not sure if you've noticed, John, that the news has been kind of static on... Yeah, it hasn't. We haven't gotten a ton. Um, I was watching some videos from good friends of ours, actually, one of our new friends, Sector 6 on YouTube, and then also... People know the Night Sky Prince, Ryan Johnson, and Alex, who is uh, Soldier First Class. I was watching some videos from there, from those guys. They're kind of, I'm not saying they're reaching, but they're trying to sink their teeth into whatever little bit of information comes out, which it has not been much. There's been a couple translations from like a Famitsu article um, that were circulating around Twitter. But other than that, we haven't, but you know what we did here though? Uh, was some pretty shocking shit like the story this is where the new story is going to begin uh, yeah things like that more f- emphasis being placed on zach and that cutscene. yeah and that's the stuff that bothers me you know like um i'm not going to be like a 100 percent purist um i do welcome some changes to it it'd be nice to be shocked but when they are calling it the new FF7 and the new continuity and the new story, and now we now the cuffs are off and we don't have to follow the original, that stuff does bother me a bit. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how you want to look at it, too. I mean, sorry, somebody was walking by. That wasn't supposed to happen. I should have acted like it didn't happen, but I acknowledged it, which was a misstep the, on my part. The, the, the prostitute in the house, or...? Yeah, she was just leaving. Um, she was just leaving. Yeah, she knows. She knows Expen- that one. Expensive or like some sort of hood rat who's really cheap? Uh, I'm I'm middle of the line, so it's middle Asian. Of the line. Asian, yeah. Well, they're, they're usually the best, though, right? They're all right. They're okay. <laughs> they're they're clean, which is good. They're clean, but, you know, and, yeah. and they're very very thorough. Well, I'll tell you what. I went raw in one once, and I don't have any bumps to this day and that was two years ago so well that's that's good i mean that that's uh that's a lot better than most right so where the hell were we oh fucking final fantasy 7 talking about yeah madam m's and asian prostitutes yeah um you know i was one of the people who i really wanted like a a scale remake like a a shot-for-shot shot remake in terms of the story, but expansions on the side, like expansions of the lore, more in-depth going into Shinra and a bigger supportive supporting cast, you know? Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm with you with that. I felt exactly the same. And, and you know, for the maybe the first um, 80% of the game, that's kind of what you got with part one. Yeah, I'd agree. Um but I but expected you know, more expansion, you know? They talked about how big Midgar looks. You still don't really see much of it. No, you don't. And then, what? Did, like, we didn't really get, you know, when we first got together and we did the first Square Posting episode where it was just me and you, we talked about how we wanted to be able to really explore and learn more about the city of Midgar through things like uh, side quests, right? But the side quests we got, I was not really thrilled with any of them frankly no there were no side quests that i thought were good that i went oh this is really cool and i've learned more about it you know um it was the, it, i didn't have an issue with learning about just the people of midgar and their day-to-day lives but they, they didn't really have much going on did they it was just can you go and kill something can you go and yeah and not only that but i feel like a lot of the quests kind of missed opportunities to have thematic relevance to the overall story or the overall plot uh, it just didn't it, it felt kind of uh, shoehorned in i'll say a lot of the quests um so that was one big opportunity that we kind of missed to have that expansion that we were looking for but i mean i guess we can't really talk about that we already know for a fact this is going to be a different thing it's going to be its own entity yeah um one thing i've been thinking a lot about and since the remake and that, at first um, I felt kind of happy 
that I'd been tricked. Um, and I know I've mentioned to you in private that maybe we're going to get some sort of Zach DLC and it won't interfere with the main continuity of the of of what we play and it will be like an alternative reality dlc um this is something i said to the uh, the episode i did with uh, ryan the night sky prince uh and we were all quite upbeat about it but i noticed with him and myself we've really soured on this because no matter what we thought it's becoming more and more apparent with the little tidbits we're getting as you mentioned that Zach being at the end is going to have way more significance to the main game than just the side DLC like like Final Fantasy 15 had, you know? You know what I was thinking? I was kind of thinking the opposite. I was thinking about just having played the Kingdom Hearts series for so long. Uh, I'm a recovered addict. I'm done with that shit now, believe me. But knowing Nomura, like I believe I do at this point, when he has his hands in anything, uh, he does a lot of he intentionally misleads, he throws red herrings out. So if you talk, for example, and I know you talked about this already, like the uh, the stamp, the dog, uh, how that little creature is different. So it, it alludes to the fact that at the ending cutscene with Zack in it at the end of 7R is clearly not in the same exact universe. So the question is, is this in a completely alternate universe, a new universe that we have not seen before that exists in the continuity of FF7R? Or is it a retcon in classic Nomura style that this was written in to the original timeline and that that is an allusion to the original timeline? Uh, that yeah, The reason I, mean, I bring it up is just because that kind of helps would help us to understand how significant Zack himself would be in 7R. If it's an allusion to the original timeline, he could not be significant at all. If it's a completely alternate timeline, then there's really no telling. I think, and this is the really, this is where, where it could get fucking stupid. Um, we've all watched a lot of time travel sci-fi. And you know, sometimes when they go to the past in stuff, Back to the Future would be an example of this. They go back, they change something, and then when they go to the future that they are from, when they go back to, to the present, things have now changed because they fucked with something in the past. What if that bit with stamp at the end means that the stamp that we saw throughout the game we played has been erased and the breed has changed because they changed shit? Mm, it's possible. So the next time we see Stamp, it's that different breed from now on. Because okay, but that's what they've done. You're right. Uh, yeah, you're right. But here's the thing. That cutscene with Zack was the end of what we would consider to be the Crisis Core era, right? Yeah. In the As far as the continuity is concerned of the original compilation. So that different breed existed in the past. So are you suggesting that something was changed in the... In the past, that now we have this new version of stamp. Are you saying that something uh, when they uh, fuck with the future, then stamp, it, stamp has changed on every time. Like stamp is just different now from what we previously saw. Uh, that, right, it's possible. That, I wouldn't that, put it past them. Like you know, if you if you went back in time and you stopped, like you know, like butterfly effect, you know, like you change one little thing and then mm -hmm. everything changes, including things like the breed of a dog. Just looking at other mediums and keep keeping in mind all the other random sci-fi i've watched throughout my life when cloud beat uh sephiroth and sephiroth says to him you have seven seconds to change the world it's at that moment that he in his mind goes what can i do to change things and he goes zach wouldn't die and that he made mm. a conscious effort to change something because you never know what happens when he says that they just wake up seven seconds go by and then suddenly right. they win, but then you get this flashback to, or flash sideways, or whatever the fuck you want to call it, to Zack living. Mm -hmm. And it's like, did Cloud consciously change it so that Zack didn't die? It's not a coincidence that that is when they showed that scene. Yeah. Uh, what I can tell you is that you see all this little speculation and horseshit we're spewing right now. This is what it's like to be a Kingdom Hearts game. Uh, or Kingdom Hearts fan every game. Like, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's I not personally, new to you. Yeah, but the thing is, like, that's why I didn't want it in Final Fantasy, especially not a game as iconic as Final Fantasy VII. Like, it didn't need it. It doesn't need it, in my no. opinion. And, uh, who, you know, the other guys that worked on this as well, you know, 
they're into some time fuckery as well. Like, the, it's, it's not the first time... Well, the first game has some time fucker in it, for fuck's sake. But it's not the first time that they've tried this level of time fuckery in a Final Fantasy because they did it with 13. So, it and the 13 team worked on this with, mm-hmm. you know, everyone else who worked on it. And, and it just, it feels like I felt a lot of 13 in it. And then there's a lot of Kingdom Hearts. And then when mm-hmm. you do look at, when you look at the team, yeah, it's people that worked on Kingdom Hearts and people that worked on 13 who made the fucking game. Yeah, it's very reminiscent of 13 in a lot of parts throughout the game. Uh, 7R's uh, ending sequence, when you go through that portal and you start the final boss gauntlet, that's very reminiscent of like the ending of uh, Kingdom Hearts 2, for example, with the flying around and cutting, jumping off buildings, cutting buildings in half. And it's knowing, it's, it's the knowing that part that means that when we see Zack, this has a bigger impact than any of us even fucking know. It's it's that bit. Like at first, I was like, "Oh, they could do like a DLC halfway through, where you just play what happens with Zach in Midgar if he had survived, like a a little like a Easter egg, alternative reality game that they can just throw out while we are waiting for part two. That was my original guess, but I'm now at this point where I think they're going to do mad dumb shit all the way through mm-hmm. part two, and it, it's that part that has me going they could fuck this up now so you got to refresh my memory because originally they were saying that the main story beats were going to remain the same has that now changed with the announcement of remake part two yeah because because it's it's after everyone got the remake that they were like yeah remake was kind of a play on words like it's not actually a remake it's it's (laughs) sephiroth remaking the timeline and now we are unshackled by the original game to be as creative as possible. And it's like, you motherfuckers, you know? Like, it's completely possible that yeah, it, anything could happen. Zack could come uh, bursting in through the timeline and help fight. He's going to save Aerith Sephiroth. and die. Yeah, he's going to save Aerith and die in her place or some bullshit. Yeah, so what, t- what t- time-traveling Zack is going to arrive right at the right moment to save her from dying. Because he, <laughs> right. he would know she's going to die, right? Because... Like, I mean, it's dumb as fuck, like, that he would even be able to know that, but... Right. Well, I guess the way time travel has seemed to be expressed in this game so far, it's heavily connected to the life stream itself. So if he somehow has to, like, transcend and trans- transverse... Transverse? Trans- transcend the life stream, I guess. It, maybe he has some insight as to when she's going to die. Who the fuck knows? They'll write it in somehow. Yeah, they'll they'll figure something out, like, and, uh, you know, and this is why I wanted to do an episode about what could we get on part two, you know, because the questions I have for it are things like how the, where are they going to end part two? Because it, they're not going to do the rest of the game in part two. We already know that they're going to end it somewhere, you know, the, 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 for me, the real ending would be Aerith's death and it would be, haha, we tricked you and uh, actually she's going to die anyway where she would have died yeah yeah that was my first thought as well um and i can see them doing that like right when sephiroth is descending something happens and she's actually saved and it completely beats you into thinking that she's going to be okay and then as soon as you guys leave the city of the ancients she you know gets hit by a fucking car and dies or some bullshit like that yeah i I mean that's something i can see happening like oh you jump in when sephiroth falls from the sky you then fight him and he kicks your ass right and then he kills her you know right yeah he just fucks you up and he's like you're not ready for this yet you're not ready to beat me yet like something along the lines of that like but again it's like setting all this stuff up how are they going to explain just how powerful cloud is at the very end sequence of that game it's like the motherfucker how, goes super saiyan all of a sudden just can at cut the through. end sequence of part one yeah the end of, at the end of part one when it's, he's like leaping bizarre. up shit like it's you bizarre you can't do that throughout the game no matter how powerful you make him he's not that strong and then suddenly he's yeeting whatever the fuck he likes running through time portals <laughs> fucking up fucking up fate like it's like what two hours before that he's there him and barrett are trying to like break open a door in Hojo's lab and they can't do it. You yeah. know what I mean? And now all of a sudden he's doing all this wild shit. 
Yeah, it's it's you know it's so weird. And like unless they start saying that, and this is this is where they've left themselves open in part two, because what they're going to do? Do you carry over your save? What level is your character at? Like, how strong are you at part two? Is suddenly all the weapons you've collected are they just shit again, and you need more? Like, what are they? What are they do? Or they do? Do they do a Mass Effect? And if you played part one and you do carry some over, but you only carry over like twenty percent of your strength for the next game. Or, or what? Like, how, how are they going to do that in part two? Or are they just going to treat it as a brand new game, clean slate? You start from level one again and, and just. Yeah, I'm going level for clean slate. I think clean yeah. slate. I think you're going to start. Because we've already you can already achieve the maximum level. You can achieve third tier spells in part one. Yeah. They're not going to start you with Fireaga and then, and then make up some new terminology for a, a fifth and sixth and seventh tier spell so that you have something to reach for. They're just going to start you over it. Level one. The the one what, thing what they do is I, you leave Midgar. Yuffie shows up, steals all your materia, and then runs um, they, off. And you, <laughs> yeah, you don't right. you don't see her again for the till the you're end right. of the game, and you have to buy it all and level it all up again. And oh my god, you're right. That's that's actually really funny. That's that's possible. I wouldn't put it past them. You know what I think? Uh, um, you know what happened when they went through that portal at the end of part one. And they're messing with time, and they're in the live stream, or whatever the fuck is happening. That er- somehow erased their magic and their memory of their ability to use that tier of magic that they had in their levels and their weapon yeah, skills. Yeah, because, because you destroyed fate, you destroyed everything yeah. you did in part one. R- yeah, that too. Maybe it's I don't know. You know, it's one of these. It's one of these things. Like so. Do you think they might end it early? As, as you know, um, Sector 6, you know, a good friend of ours, he thinks that they might end it bef- way before the Temple of the Agent- Ancients. You know, he thinks that it's going to end before before that and they're going to prolong it a little bit longer. I mean, do you, do you think there's any evidence to suggest that they might do that? Because to me, her death is still the point. That's the cliffhanger that you would leave it at, right? Yeah. I think there's evidence to suggest that they might, like Sector Six did say. Um, what's his name? John, right? His name yeah. is also John. Yeah. yeah, like John, like our buddy John said. Uh, Nomura himself said they want to get the game out faster. Like they want to get it out as soon as possible. Now, of course, they could just be talking, and they could say in a few months they could say it'll be out in a year, and then we all know it's going to be delayed, like every game, every Square Enix game has been in the past few years. Um, so that, that would be the main argument that they might try to end it earlier just so that they can get the game out sooner. I think though, that you'd be dealing with, uh, an unprecedented amount of pissed off fans who have had to wait, you know, what was it? Five, six years since the original trailer was released, the tech demo for what a final fantasy seven remake could look like then a couple years for it to actually be developed. Um, and now they have to wait another year and a half for part two to come out only to not see the bitch die still. And then what, they're going to open up part three with her death? Yeah, just, or well, or then they do part three and then a part four. And then, do you know, like, like where do we go with this? Like, the, the thing is, right, that I still think we're going to get three parts. I still think that her death is the point that of no return because anything after her death, when you first go to the northern crater, cloud falling into the live stream, all that stuff, they by that point, you're only revisiting places you've been to before. You're not really going anywhere new at this point. So they haven't got to really do a lot of work in the in the third chapter. They would make more sense to just get it out of the way in part two. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll end up going the normal route, but um, exclude the optional stuff that was in the original game's second arc. So you, you will do... Uh, Cosmo Canyon, you'll go to Corel, Gold Saucer, Rocket Town, uh, and then, so you won't do Gangaga, most likely. They'll probably save that for Part 3. All Yuffie and all Wutai stuff, I think, would be relegated to Part 3, as well as anything regarding Vincent. And the content regarding Vincent is going to be vastly expanded. Uh, there's going to be a lot more stuff for him, and that's all going to be relegated to Part 3 as well. Yeah, but, but and obviously you're going to get him in Part 2. Who, Vincent? Yeah, because you pick him up at Nibelheim, which is way before Aerith dies. Like, Yeah, but you don't pick him up at that part of the game before you go to uh, 
Yeah. What do you call you it? The gold. You, you you go to the gold saucer and then um, the first time you go to the gold saucer, you just pass through it, right? And you go to yeah, the, yeah, you, yeah. You're, you you're go, passing through. Yeah. Yeah, and you you go to the prison, you meet Dine, and then after Dine, you go to Cosmo Canyon, then you go to Nibelheim, and then you can get Vincent. Then you go to Rocket Town, and then you get Sid. Then you go to the Temple of the Ancients, and then she dies. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, but anything you could... So I suppose that you would get them, but anything that flushes out his actual backstory, like all the what, stuff with... Yeah, what's that, her fan, That's all going to be part three. Like, oh, they're going to yeah, have to come course. up with stuff for part three. You know what I mean? So all the, the characters like Yuffie and Vincent who were optional in the original, uh, that's... Anything regarding them will be pushed off. And I think the meat of the second act of the original game is uh, there's enough volume there that that will carry the entire second act. You know what I mean? So I've, I've got a question for you regarding part two. Do you think that um, we're going to get a full open world or do you think we're going to get something more in the lines of the ending of 13 where you have that just like open field area or something like the calm lands, you know, at the end of um, 10 when it's just, again, another open sort of field with stuff to do there. And that's and what you're going to do is you're just going to get sections of that. So you're going to get sort of like a section of that that runs up to um, the Zolom area, and then you're going to get mm-hmm. a section of that outside um, the area for uh, you know Janoon and all those those places, and and it's just going to be kind of sectioned off. So semi open world. That's yeah. that would be my bet. I think uh, I don't. They're not going to do a fully open world. No. And, and again, I really don't see them op, doing op, that. Op, I don't see them going from the linearity of the first part to a fully open world in the second part. And then plus we know Toriyama's on it. And Toriyama, the reason he made 13 so linear, he explained, was that he believes it's very difficult to tell a compelling story in an open world. And if, he's, of course, referring to, like, say, Bethesda titles where you can run anywhere and do anything and you're, you're the champion of this and you're the hero of that. And the main narrative gets lost in that. So I feel like... Yeah, because those games are like lore heavy. And, um, you know, it's you are the character and you make of it what you will. But in terms of actual compelling story, there isn't any. Yeah, I think think it's safe to assume that as long as Toriyama's involved, you're not going to get a fully open world. I guess he's never played Witcher 3. No, I guess not. I guess he <laughs> has like, like a compelling. Yeah. That's a compelling open. story, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So, what about airships and things like that? Are we going to get like a Final Fantasy ten esque just click area thing for the for part two when you when you do this stuff? Because to me, it doesn't make. Obviously, you won't get the airship probably in part two anyway. But how are they going to do that? Or are they going to give us like a new overview map? that you fly around on that is kind of just different and then you land and then once you land it loads up the area you're in and that sort of thing well it's a good question you have to also consider when you do get the airship let's say it's part three uh which is where you would that that's where you would get the high wind normally anyway right you yeah. wouldn't get until uh Aris dies and all that stuff with uh you go back to you're in junon again right yeah. So you have to then consider how the hell are they going to express midgar are you going to be able to go back to midgar because that was the only area that encompassed the 30 hours that it took to play part one. So they have to take all that data and store that along with everything that you visited in part two, I know, all those towns. I know, I know obviously in, in, if you are looking at the game in parts and we call Aerith's death, the end of part two, originally you can't go back to Midgar at that stage, but in part three, you can, because you have yeah. the mission where you go back, you swear, how you get Tifa's weapon, it's how you go and get, um, the weapon for um uh, you gotta fight hojo yeah you gotta fight hojo you get barrett's weapon at that point if you go back mm. to the, if you go back to the shinra building you get the megaphone as well at that point like yeah so it it's, so it's a really I, good question i have no idea how they're going to express it will they i can't imagine they would allow you to travel back to every area in its entirely in uh, in its entirety in part three no i think when you parachute in at that moment, you have the parachute scene, you're going to parachute into a locked off area yeah. of mid. And that's, and apart from maybe the, the building, 
you won't go back to you won't go back to wall market you won't go back to anywhere else um how they do those bits with tea from they might do something else instead you know yeah so when they have you're right about that from midgar uh, i think you will not be able to access the entire city again you'll be able to just go to that like the that part of the shinra hq and i think you're underground at some part when you fight the turks right yeah uh, when you're in the subways so then once they have the infrastructure built for the semi-open world in part two, uh, you'll probably be able to revisit any of those areas or go directly to any of those areas and then travel on foot to any other because the infrastructure will already be there, but Midgar will be completely off the table except for that one section. Yeah, which is a shame because, again, it's like, what about other places? Like you said, what about Janoon at that point? Because you can go back there any time you like. What about, um, you know, like Gongaga or any of these other places you now visit? Right. You, can, you can just go anywhere. I know they, they lock off Midgar for a big portion of the game, but everywhere else you can just hop in and out of. Um, do you think they, they do it in the same light or is it because they're loading separate areas at a time like i said or um in a way that uh, did you play the outer worlds i haven't played it so i've heard out, you talk about it, it a lot it, though in the outer worlds when you go to a planet like you land in a section and that section is open world and then when you want to go to another section it, you get like a loading screen and you go to another section and that section's then open world and that's kind of how the game is yeah, that's what I'm referring to, like semi-open world. So yeah, it's not fully, you can just go, you know, wander vast expanses of land. But they're like almost like, uh, I think maybe the cl a closer representation is because it's already a Final Fantasy title is Final Fantasy XII. So you yeah. know how you have big segments of land and you can explore and there's a lot to traverse and then you zone in to a new section. Yeah. Like I think it would be much closer to that. Yeah, knowing because obviously cause 12 does it in actually quite a good way, and I don't think it gets a lot of uh, respect for it. Because what it then does is, um, a lot of the time at this point, when it comes to like missions and things like that, it kind of negates that open world for for that, and it puts you in like tunnels and dungeons and things like that to do to do like uh, you've got to go sneak into this place or go and do this. But when you're out of that, you then have this big area that you explore. Yeah, I agree. Um, 12 is probably, it's not one of my favorites, but it's one of my favorites to play because it does a lot of things well, that being one of them, the land traversal, the actual exploration, uh, you know, among other things. Yeah, no, no it, it's it's, a, it's an interesting thing to think about what they will do in, in part two. Like, when it comes to changes, um, what do you think, what do you think is going to be the worst thing they can do to change stuff? Um, not committing to the deaths of characters, I would say, like we already touched on. Yeah. Uh, as far as a, as far as the, you know, story standpoint goes, like they've already made some of the decisions that they have made with remake part one. I've already been not too fond of, but they don't completely ruin the game. Like I'm not huge on the combat. I understand and appreciate what they tried to do. Uh, doesn't ruin the game for me. Uh, not my favorite game to play. Then some of the expanded characters, some of the new characters they introduce, like, you know, the, the wall market gang. Um, the army, not, of, the my, army of simps. Yeah, the army of simps. And Leslie Kyle, the fucking simp himself. Not my favorite. Uh, but none of that really ruins it. But if they were to truly, you know, just take a sledgehammer to the story and ruin the legacy of this game, they would be doing that if they didn't commit to character deaths or if they had another character die instead of like, so if fucking say like Tifa dies instead of Aerith, right? I'm not saying it would happen. I'm just saying something like that. It has to be something uh, catastrophic. Yeah. It has to be big. Like uh, a little bit when they, they, they make you think Barrett dies and you're like, wait, right. what the fuck did they just do? And you're right. like, holy shit, they've just changed this completely. And then, they fake out on you with it, you know, and he, he doesn't die. They, they change it. and Which is a pointless scene. Like, there's really no reason for that scene other than to... Shock you. To, to shock you, one, you're right, to shock you, and two, to just drive home the point that fates can be changed. Yeah. But why? You know what I mean? And that's a great scene other than when, other than Sephiroth coming up and actually almost killing Barrett, you know. Yeah. 
All right, Sam. So now I got a couple questions for you regarding uh, FF7R Part 2. So the first question I have for you is there was a whole system in the game that revolved around researching materia, uh, doing quests for that android, uh, what's his face, Chadley? Yeah. And at the end of the game, he go, he's out of commission. Whether he, uh, he uh, takes himself out, he de- uh, self-destructs, whatever he does, he, he re- he's he done. Reaches, he's no longer like, a factor. He reaches sentience or some shit, and he knows Hojo will yeet him if... Yeah, yeah so he, he just yeah, so. deactivates himself, like... Right, I guess. But so he's not going to be a factor anymore. So what do you think is going to replace uh, that system? I think that either two B shows up as Chadley two point oh, and then <laughs> right. we get some we get some ass and titties in the place. Which, right, which, which would, would be, be nice. nice. Or whatever the fuck Scarlet was doing with Materia in that room. Okay. Yeah. We have right. some sort of access via a mole, a Domino. And he fucking mails it out to you or some shit. Mm, that's right. They did set up uh, Mayor Domino toward the end. So. And then Reeve the and other is, shit. Yeah, he would have to. Like, he, yeah, well, Reeve, yeah. So going into when he is decidedly on your team, which would be towards the end of what we're saying is going to be part two, uh, when, he set, when he makes that sacrifice in the Temple of the Ancients and he's like, yeah, I'm with you guys now, that'll set up part three. Uh, he'll probably be the inside guy, but I think you're right for part two. Domino is probably going to be sending people out and being like, hey, I have new insight on how to create a new materia or something like that. And I need you to kill 10 of these monsters and five of those and, and block it the right time. And, because he works for Avalanche, we don't know how big Avalanche is now. Like, do Avalanche have yeah. people that can ferry shit around? What about Biggs and Wedge? Because they obviously survived, so somehow. They might show up to fucking say, hey, here's a package from Mayor Domino. Uh, it was stolen from Scarlet's lab, or he stole this from Hojo, or he went into Heidegger's area and stole this sword, or, you know, maybe some shit like that comes into play. Yeah, and you know what? You brought up a good point about how big Avalanche is. Uh, Avalanche is everywhere. Yeah. And it, it reminded me of how they were setting up toward the end of 7R Part 1, how big the conflict is with Wutai. It's kind of, in, in the original 7, like, Wutai has more or less become just, like, a tourist attraction, right? But now, in this game, it's much more like uh, President Shinra is really trying to pin this avalanche stuff on Wutai and trying to keep that conflict alive. So do you think we're going to get more of that building conflict in part two, or do you think that's going to stay in part three, I, the climax I think of the, that? I think the climax, the climax of that may be like, I know we've kind of moved on from how they end it. And we think that Aerith's death is perfect, but maybe they don't go that far. And before, uh, just after the temple of the ancients or before the temple of the ancients, bef- before you go and find the city of the ancients and Aerith dies, maybe they end with some big conflict shit with Wutai. Um, it's an interesting fact that I think a lot of people have been missing, especially in the videos and stuff I've been watching and, and um, reading stuff. No one is mentioning this Wu-Tai connection. Right. It's big. It, it seems like they're setting it up to be a really big... It could We could even see a large-scale conflict between uh, avalanche sects across the world and Wu-Tai against Soldier and troops from Midgar. We could see that in the game. Uh, yeah. And could be... I, I, heavily involved in I that. I even think at some point we're going to re-see Roche again and he could be involved in that. Yeah. And there's a good chance we get a switcheroo with him because he's actually left Soldier. Like, if you look at his bio, he's he's left and he just does, like, um, mercenary jobs now. So, yeah. while he is against you in the first part, there's a good... You know, like, they kind of do it with the Turks towards the end of uh, this two in the original when you have to storm... Um, Shinra and you fight them one last time and then after that they're kind of done with Shinra they're like fuck this like we're out of here like like we're not, we don't believe in what the fuck Hojo's doing and shit we just like Rufus he's fucking dead or presumed dead or whatever at this point so that they're, they're like we're done maybe we get maybe we yeah. get something like that with Roche I believe that I believe we're gonna 100% see him as a uh, continuous recurring character and it's probably gonna be a lot like his uh 
his interaction with Cloud in part one, it's he's going to try to fight the party or try to fight Cloud one-on-one as just a crazy male pride kind of soldier thing, a soldier versus soldier. And then he's going to, in a chaotic fashion, kind of end up helping the party somehow. Yeah, yeah no, no. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, he didn't really do much in the first part. They just kind of used him as a setup and... Um, I guess the setup is so that he can come back at some point. Because logically, yeah. the way that game ended, I thought we'd get to the end or before you leave and Roche is going to be waiting for you. Yeah, that's what I thought too. I thought uh, Roche, or Roche, whatever his fucking name is, was going to be one of the final bosses. Yeah. And then, yeah, we just never see the fucker again after the uh, incident with him. All right, so we have Roche, who's a new character, and we know we're going to have even more new characters going forward. I can't imagine they're just like, all right, that's it, we're done adding people. Like They're totally going to add people, even if they're kind of minor NPCs, uh, or if they're more important, slightly more important, like Leslie Kyle, who I know we love so much. We can't get enough of that guy. That guy's fucking amazing. So he, Leslie Kyle was a Turk in the compilation, the original compilation. So... Are we going to see more returning characters from the compilation? Are we going to see Dirge Cerberus characters before Crisis characters? Yeah, I think I think we will, and I think that's what this bigger, larger avalanche um, in uh, before Crisis. Obviously, the avalanche in before Crisis and the attack on the president that they say this is the same group that tried to take your life a few years ago. Um, that scene in Seven Eyes is referring to. The fact that Avalanche tried to kill the president in Before Crisis, and there's characters in Before Crisis. Uh, Elaf, she's the the leader of Avalanche, and I can't remember if she dies or not actually, because I only ever read about that game because it was never ported to the West. Um, mm-hmm. It is now, so anyone who has um, what's it called RPG Maker and can play games on that, you mm-hmm. can download. Someone has taken all the sprites, all the parts, the entire mechanism translated it and uploaded it via rpg maker as a functional uh game so you can actually go and play it but and and it's on my to-do list but apparently like she's a big part of it and she's like this like a huge freedom fighter so i think we're gonna see her definitely okay what about anybody from you think they're gonna bring in uh what, what was it called deep ground or oh for sure they already hinted at that shit yeah. you know they've they already hinted at it when you go below uh sector seven and there's fucking factories breeding fucking monsters and shit like that's deep ground that's right. where deep ground operate in all these weird underground parts of the that so they, they've hinted at this stuff already uh the spites or whatever the fuck they're called um yeah i think we're gonna see some of that shit as well so we're not we're not supposed to see any more of the whispers though. So what is there anything that's going to come in and replace those? No, um, I, I think I think we are done with that. Like uh, as you said, they're dead. We've defeated fate, unless they say fate actually can't be defeated. Like, and maybe, like as we hinted about some sort of fuckery with Aerith's death, maybe Cloud jumps in to save her, and then the whispers just show up again. And make sure she fucking dies. Like, no matter you, you, right, you think maybe. you've defeated fate, but fate is eternal, or some bullshit like that. Right, or that um, because they would often they would show up when something wasn't going according to the plan, and they would fix yeah. it. So now, from this point on, these decisions are uh, you have to commit to these decisions. They're permanent. Yeah. So whatever happens, it's it's going to be implied that there's no going back from that. At least that's what they... Yeah, they're going to imply that, but maybe they will. Maybe they will just show up because, you know, when you're dealing with time travel and you're dealing with things like fate and what is written, like these are elements that should not be able to die. You mm. know, like um, you can change time, you can defy fate maybe for a, a, a time being, but fate will always catch up with you. Time will always catch up with you. Your past even will always catch up with you eventually, you know. Um, and I just think that like these, these are elements that you, you can never truly escape. So maybe they will come back. Maybe we will see the whispers again. I think it would be at one of those 
incredibly opportune moments, like you said, where Eris is supposed to die, or if she doesn't die and they make sure that she does, it, it would be a big moment like that, and they'd be saving it kind of as a trump card, and you'd be like, oh, there they go. Yeah, yeah. you, 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 you know won't I mean? get a hint of the fuckers anywhere through the entire game, and then suddenly they appear, right. you know? Yeah, exactly. So we have, let's see, let me look at my questions. All right, so because... Uh, we have a few minutes left here. I gotta ask you, we're not gonna get that same ending we got in 1997 for the series. And I know this is all speculation and this is really going to the end of this thing that we don't even know for sure will be three parts, even though we're pretty sure it won't go beyond that. How do you think this thing ends? Okay, so there's, there's a, I've got a couple of answers for this. Ultimately... You know when you see Red and he's got cubs and they look at a destroyed Midgar because humanity uh, runs out of time, essentially? Right. Um, I think we still get that scene, but when he runs there, we see the Neo-Midgar paradise land. Oh. Yeah? Yeah. We see that. Yeah. I think the ending of the game, Meteor, all this stuff still happens the way it does. But I think they kind of, instead of leaving it wonderment, I think we get a little bit of a prologue because I don't think they're done making games about this 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 cash cow. I think we might get Advent Children obviously changed because the canon has changed and, and uh, the way the game in is has changed and we get that as a game. We probably get um, Vincent's wanky fucking shooting game again. <laughs> Dirge of Cerberus. Yeah. Like, you know, I think we get that again as something else maybe we even get a couple of extra fucking sequels and shit i think when they restarted this project they restarted it for the long haul i agree was i and i this is kind of an aside but i never played dirge of cerberus was it worth it uh, at all? you know i had fun with it and like it, it gets more shit than it deserves maybe but when you compare it to other shooters at the time or you compare it to like maybe devil may cry which is how it should have played like a devil may cry game it does it doesn't compare uh -huh. you know it's like bad it's bad sure. in comparison um and much like everything else that isn't the original it fucks with the story it fucks with the canon you know it introduces the fights and deep ground it brings fucking genesis back like it does all this shit that you're just like we didn't really need it because when you are writing a sequel to something, if you start putting elements into it and going, oh, there, this was around in the first one, you just didn't know about it, what you're essentially doing is just that's almost like the fan fiction era you're entering because you, ha you have, mm -hmm. like, you could write a fucking story where after the events of Seven, Cloud has gone mad, right? And now he is King Prick. Like, you could write that. Right. You can, well, that's the problem with retroactive continuity. It means that you can essentially write whatever the hell you want into a game or into the canon of uh, continuity at any point you, you want without having to work within pre previously established yeah. plot points. But if you, if you were, and that's what they did, but like if, if you were to write a sequel to Final Fantasy VII and you were going to use the base game, and if it wasn't in the base game, or it wasn't something set before in lore that we, we found out in the base game. You couldn't just make up new shit. Like, you could you could do Cloud turning into a, the, the Genova cells taking over and him being the new threat. You, you could do that because it, it, you already have, like, a premise for it. What they did with Dirge of Cerberus is just make shit up. Like, yeah. oh, these are, like, even better than the people that you ever faced. What, the world was fucking ending... And Sephiroth was wandering about, fucking people up. And now these these people that were better just sat there and did nothing. The Shinra building got blown right. up and they didn't do anything. The president was murdered. They didn't do anything. And that's another problem with retroactive continuity is that no matter how well you write it, which I, I hate to say, but Nomura is kind of good at it, more so because he likes to intentionally leave things vague, but... What happens is you, no matter how good you are at writing a retcon, you inevitably end up contradicting yourself a little yeah. bit. Because if there was any semblance of this should have been a thing in the main plot or the base game that you played, like there would have been some evidence for it. Yeah, and then obviously, and again, I, I get it because like they, they when they wrote these games, they were like, oh, we can we can retcon, we can they. I mean, it's fucking Japan. They love retcon. A anime does it all the time. 
You know, they just right. fucking make new shit up. Like, and they go, oh, it doesn't matter if it contradicts everything we've done. We'll just do it anyway. It's been long enough. But in the West, we really don't like that shit. Like, the people in the West pick up on retcons really quickly. And they're like, wait a minute. What do you mean Iceman is now gay? He used to date Polaris and she's a woman. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, people people, people get angry right. about it because they're like, this, this, there's no evidence of this ever in the past. And now suddenly you've you've done something new with it. And, and this makes no sense. And unless they go, like, ancient, and maybe that's what they could do, and maybe they go to the ancients, and they do some shit there that we never knew about, because obviously we wouldn't know about it, some ancient evil, like when Weapon appears out of nowhere, and it's like, oh, fuck. There's like, like unless they do something along the lines of that, and they look up something else, maybe when Genova crashed, there was more than one, and they do some fuckery like right. that, like, you know, you don't know, but... And the other thing is now with the newly introduced time fuckery, as we've called it, that's just yet another avenue to bring in a new element, something that didn't exist yeah. before. And, and it's a cop-out way of doing it, but at least it makes sense, you know? Now you've introduced yeah. time fuckery, you can you can essentially do whatever the fuck you want because, because yeah. you've messed with time. All right, well, I mean, we only have... Uh, I think we got a few minutes left in the recording, so do you want to... Let me toss it off to you. Yeah, so um, firstly, what have you been drinking? Actually, not much, because um, I had uh, I had this Bud Light seltzer in the fridge from last night I didn't drink, so I was sipping on that, and that was pretty much it. Yeah, I've been drinking cider, which is quite normal for me. Um, yeah, we we saw earlier, actually, um, I saw it, the, some screenshots of the new Batman, the Batman. Uh, Robert Pattinson from Twilight um, in it and um, I don't know if you've got a chance to see the images from it uh, I just wanted to get get at the end as we, as we move away to the ending and away from Final Fantasy 7 how you feel about the images from the new Batman well you sent them to me on Messenger I believe and yep. I looked at them really quick and uh, the way you described it to me was the emo toby Maguire from spider-man kind yeah. of vibe that is very much what he looks like a little yeah. edgier because like, when they when they do the emo uh spider-man the toby Maguire spider-man it's like a goof yeah like it's intentionally it up, you know, like yeah and it, it actually makes it work in my opinion but this is uh an unironic version of that so how do i feel about it of course like going for every time they reimagine these movies they have to make them darker and grittier and then they keep reimagining these movies and making more and more of them and they have to keep outdoing themselves like for me the ben affleck batman was a little too dark it's just too miserable right i mean i mean right. bruce wayne's a miserable fucker we all know he's yeah. a miserable fucker but in that he was almost like miserable to a point that he was monotone right almost miserable to a point where it had turned into just sheer unadulterated anger which contradicts a lot of what he's supposed to stand for even yeah. though he does that have that evil to him so now just looking at these pictures that you showed me like this looks like another evolution of that but unfortunately because it's 2020 and we got to appeal to the the popular demographic of, of the time he's almost more sad boy now. So yeah. he's darker, but he's gone like the depression route. He looks like he listens to uh, little peep. Yeah. Yeah, he does. It's like goth boy click Batman. <laughs> and uh, you know what? He looks like the Batman that would go up against Jared Leto's Joker. He does. <laughs> You're right. He does. Uh, this canon, this isn't connected to that. Uh, the Joker film that came out. That's I, I don't know. It may be. Maybe who the fuck knows what they're doing with that. I mean, I yeah. think that's meant to be a separate timeline, but maybe, maybe it is. Like, uh, if the Joker's meant to be about thirty-one in that film, and Bruce is about twelve in that movie, so it could be he would be older. That I mean, there could be a new so the Joker, Joker would be that the takes up the mantle of that new Joker that we saw. The only thing is, like, that's a, I think it's a different director, and plus, it was supposed to be a part of its own series of movies. And they're making and they're making their sequel to that Joker as well, so Oh, they confirmed that? Um I don't know if it's been confirmed, but there's been a lot of chatter and talk about like, yeah, we'd love to do another one. And like he said, fuck it, I'd love to do another one as well. And to be fair, I, have you seen it? Joker? Yeah. I did see it, yeah. It's fucking excellent. 
You know what? I liked it. I have to be completely honest. I didn't. I did. I didn't like it as a film. I did not like it um, as much as I liked The Dark Knight. Just because, not because Dark Knight's a better movie. It's just a more fun movie to watch, in my opinion. Yeah, there's more, like, there is a more fun fact. You know what? This joke, that Joker film. Like uh, just before we end, if they had not said anything about the Joker in any of the trailers, and they just said we're releasing a movie called Arthur, right? And yeah. and and then you watch it and go, holy shit, this is the Joker. What the fuck? Like that would be I, incredible. I think yeah. the impact they could have had like would have been way way bigger because going into it knowing he's going to become the joker takes a little bit of the edge away yes it does and also so the reason of course they wouldn't have done something like that is because they they're like listen we want to make sure this sells so we're going to bill it as a joker movie joaquin phoenix who is actually crazy in real life is playing joker and you got to come see this shit but some if they did go your route and just call the movie arthur and let it be a surprise they probably would have avoided that uh, that backlash they had when the Joker first showed up in theaters, like, oh, this is a love letter to white, angry, white, incel, straight cis men. Yeah. And and the other thing as well, I think they would have still made that money because when, uh, that they made on opening weekend. Because in the fir- first 24 hours of people seeing that film and going, holy fuck, this is a Joker movie, and how big the viral um, buzz would have been, everyone would have rushed out the next day to see it. Right. You're right, yeah, 100%. Because, I mean, I find this, like, as a wrestling fan, like, back in the day in the 90s, shit used to happen by surprise. Someone who used to work for WCW would show up on, on WWE, and you'd be like, holy fuck, this guy's here. And they wouldn't advertise it, they wouldn't tell you. Now, they advertise everything beforehand. Right. No, they want to generate that hype. But you're right, with the way viral, uh, the way things go viral nowadays, like, if it was... If it was revealed that, hey, this is actually... Ju- it's Arthur means Arthur Fleck. This is actually the Joker. Yeah, I believe everybody would have run out yeah. to see it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we got an emo Batman. Um, we, we've both had a little bit of a drink. I think I've had more than you, but, you know, these things happen. Yeah, I'll catch up. It's been, it's been nice chatting to you again um, and, and doing an episode because it's, it's been a few months, but I know COVID was fucking insane and we did a few during that when we were locked down and... Well, you returned to work, right? I did. Uh, yeah. And it's not like we had anything else to do during those uh, quarantine days. So. No, no. But it's been, it's been great having you back on for an episode. Hopefully, we can do another one soon. Yeah, of course. I'm always down. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's basically it. Uh, everyone, please just check out our group, Me and John Run, Square Posting. If you're not already in there, just check it out. It's, it's full of memes to do with Square Enix. Um, and on Sundays, it's memes about anything because we, we just open it up on a Sunday to free post. So if you want to post your persona memes about schoolgirls, go ahead because Sunday's the day for it. <laughs> and, you know, if you want to do that stuff, uh, go for it. Like, you can check out John. Uh, this is Loss on YouTube. He's got some really fucking funny videos. Um, the, the, the simp one with Aubrey Plaza, John, honestly, even now it makes me laugh. Oh really? Um, yeah, I didn't yeah. think that was the funniest thing I put up, but uh, it was good. It was. It had some. It's actually starting to get some traction now. So I appreciate you saying that, man. Yeah, no, it was. It was, it was good. It was good fun. Obviously, I'm. I'm Sam Valentine. You can find me on Twitter at underscore this guy is sick. And then John, where can they find you? Uh, I have a Twitter. I don't use it that much, but I'm incredibly accessible on Facebook. If you check out the Square Posting group on Facebook, like Sam mentioned. Uh, you will see our faces everywhere because we just don't shut the fuck up. Pretty much, yeah. And that's a wrap. That's it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Cheers.